Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoopy Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B-R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoop B Radio with Brendan Robinson. E.K. Manny. Manny. Yo. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word of Scoop. Give you the business, he show you the proof. If Scoop B say it, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews, he give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast, the joint and the journalist, the GOAT. So why ask? Watch out, watch out. About it. If he naming them, ScoopB.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. In your airways. On the plane. On the train. Everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoopy B, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure most importantly that you subscribe to the Scoop B radio podcast, which is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, iHeartRadio, or simply by visiting ScoopBradio.com. 2.1 million streams last year. One of the main reasons why is because we get newsmakers on a lot. No different here. As we got my main man out in the shy, Ashish Mather. Ashish, of Clutch Points, we're going to talk everything, Derrick Rose, Bulls, and more. First and foremost, Ashish, welcome to Scoop B Radio. What's up, man? Appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. We go back like uh, 
sun visors and, and sun. We've been around each other for a while, last couple of years, and um, you are the guy to talk to about everything Derek Rose. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, Bleacher Report came out with a ranking of the top players to come out of the shy. Dwayne Wade was ranked one, but Derrick Rose got an honorable mention. Your first reaction when you saw that? Um, I was a little upset, but then I um, realized which publication was writing that. So <laughs> immediately just, uh, you know, just passed, passed the page. But uh, first of all, Dwayne Wade is from Robbins, Illinois. He's not from Chicago. Robbins, is Illinois is a suburb of Chicago. So um, that's that. Number two, in my opinion, I think Isaiah Thomas is the best uh, player to come out of Chicago. But um, in terms of Rose, yeah, man, that was that was a little sad to see. I mean, two state championships at Simeon. Um, has done a lot of work in the community. Youngest MVP in NBA history, but um, it's all good, man. It's, it's not like Derek needs any validation from Bleacher Report or anything like that. You say Dwayne Wade is from Robbins, but wasn't he born and raised on the South Side and then moved to to Robbins, Illinois? Uh, he might have. I, I think you might be correct on that one. Um, and he did go to um, he went to middle school and high school in Oakland, Illinois, which is another suburb of Chicago, but. Um, it's interesting. A lot of people in Chicago don't really consider D-Way to be like a native son, like Rose and, and Thomas and Anthony Davis. But, um, hey, man, teach his own. Whatever's good with you is good with you. Isaiah Thomas, I feel, is often slighted um, when it comes to um, Chicago royalty. And I think that gets lost in translation because he played for the Pistons. Um, but at the same time, he is from the west side of Chicago, um, and he did uh, leave an imprint. From your perspective, why do you think that he's so slighted? Do you think it's because he played in the pre-digital era and a lot of young people don't realize his greatness? Yeah, I think that has to do with it. But also, like you said, he played for the Pistons, you know, the most hated team in Chicago basketball-wise. And then, you know, he obviously had, you know, his rocky relationship with Jordan through the bad boy years, through, you know, the Pistons walking off in the 91 conference finals. Um, I forgot who wrote the story, but, you know, there was a writer talking about how, you know, Zeke would come home, you know, during the, during, you know, when players have some downtime, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, you know, he'd be hanging out with his family. And all of his family would have on, you know, Jordan gear and would just talk about Jordan nonstop. And Zeke, you know, he was just trying to be Isaiah Thomas, not the basketball player, just the person, you know, just coming back to his hometown. But he couldn't escape the shadow of Jordan. So I think, you know, a lot of, I mean, my dad's a diehard Bulls fan. He hates Isaiah Thomas. And I say, how can you hate somebody you never met? <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just the thing with basketball, man. Basketball, it, it took over, you know, I guess Chicago's relationship with Zeke. Um, for me, I'm a basketball purist, so I love Isaiah Thomas. I think he's the second greatest point guard in NBA history behind Magic Johnson. Um, but... I understand why people from Chicago don't like him. I mean, they basically tried to kill MJ. I think the walk-off really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But 
I think now that time has passed, you know, I think the city of Chicago's respect for Zeke has definitely increased over time. You have a very interesting story, particularly because you went to school for psychology, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And you got into basketball journalism. So it's a two-part question. Number one, what made you make the switch from psychology to journalism? And two, I'm curious about your digital knack for Derek Rose's story. So let's start with the psychology to basketball journalism. Why? Um, I mean, yeah, I've been a huge basketball, pretty much sports fan my whole life. Um, you know, I started playing basketball when I was five, started playing competitive tennis when I was seven, you know, traveled all across Chicago and the Midwest to play in tennis tournaments. Um, so, you know, I've always had a huge love for sports. I think any boy, you know, has a huge love for sports. Um, and then after my master's program finished, I actually finished, um, about four months before I was supposed to finish, um, you know, I just finished my test and master's thesis a little bit early. Um, so I had some, you know, I had about three to four months of free time on my hand um, before my uh, psychology job started here in Chicago. And um, for those who don't know, I actually went to grad school in Miami. Um, so I had some free time on my hand and I just started blogging. Uh, for the website called Fansided, um, you know, just for fun, just to pass the time. And, you know, somehow, man, you know, I just kind of made my way up uh, through, you know, through different blogs, through different websites, and um, got my first break in 2017, you know, when I became a credentialed writer. And, um, you know, I just, just, you know, never stopped working, just, you know, worked as hard as I could to get you know, to different websites, and um, you know, I'm at Clutch Points. You know, really grateful to be here, and um, that's just kind of it. Scoop just worked, just worked really hard to get here, and obviously the work hasn't stopped. You know, I'm still trying to get higher up, but that's the short version of the story of how I switched from psychology to sports writing. Did somebody say credentialed? <laughs> Somebody did say, "Hey, if that if that shirt or you know phrase ever goes famous, I want I want two percent, two percent of it." We got it. It's, it's, it's for those who are paying attention, you guys can check out uh, the credentials by Scoopy on uh, Society Six. Uh, you can get T-shirts, hoodies, uh, uh, cup cups uh, holders that keep your your stuff ice cold, yoga mats, cutting boards, it's everything uh, credentialed uh, by Society6. Check that out. Um, you discussed um, Derrick Rose at the beginning, and I want to kind of go back to that because you have a knack for getting Derrick Rose things uh, to do hella traffic on social media. How did you start that process, and why do Derrick Rose people go to you for Derrick Rose news on Twitter? Uh... That's a good question. Uh, you probably have to ask them. Um, but, you know, I've been a Rose fan my whole life. I remember, you know, I was in eighth grade, um, you know, and, and I went to uh, middle school. Actually, I, I'm from the suburbs, Burr Ridge, but I went to uh, middle school in Chicago uh, for basketball. And, you know, one of my friends was like, yo, we got to go check out this, this kid at Simeon. 
And I'm like, yo, I'm not about to take a two-hour bus ride to see a high school player play, you know? <laughs> and he was like, oh, trust me, trust me. You won't be disappointed. So I had him pay for the bus and everything. We got here. We got to Simeon. I forgot who they were playing. Um, you know, Derek is two years older than me, so he was a sophomore at Simeon at this time. And he did, like, a reverse 360 in warm-ups. And me and my friend looked at each other. We were like, oh, my God. <laughs> and pretty much then, I've just been a diehard Rose fan, uh, followed him at Memphis. Obviously, followed his whole career in the NBA thus far. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of writers and reporters, bloggers on Twitter who don't, you know, they don't like Derek for a variety of reasons. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people gave up on him after – all the injuries, and I just never did. So I think his fans can kind of appreciate, you know, a writer just, you know, sticking with the guy through the ups and downs. You know, he had, you know, a lot of ups at the beginning of his career. You know, the middle of his career was a lot of downs. But then after that 50-point 50, 50 game last year, it's been steadily rising up. So I think people can just kind of appreciate, you know, me not being like a fair weather fan you know, and um, it's been fun, man. It's been fun to watch his career kind of, you know, rise up again with Minnesota and Detroit. And um, I think basketball fans in general are just happy to see him play well, um, considering everything that he's gone through after winning MVP. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up some valid points. Uh, and you definitely saw Derek Rose um Minnesota-wise, began to ascend, took that over to Detroit, and it seems like he's living his best life statistically while reinventing himself or by himself. When you look at Derrick Rose, who does he remind you of? Oh, man. Um, I think he's one of one. I really do. I don't think uh, there's ever been a point guard as explosive as him. Obviously, Westbrook. Um, but they're a little different, you know. Westbrook was a little bit more powerful in his um, prime. Derek was just so elusive. His ability to, you know, uh, change directions at the, you know, in a second, you know, dunk on people. You know, his I still think is the best finisher. Him and Kyrie are the best uh, finishers at the rim, point guard wise. Um, but I don't know, Scoop. I don't know if I can really compare him to anybody because nobody's ever had four knee surgeries and come back and still be that explosive, you know? Um, so I don't know if you can really compare Derek to anybody uh, from the past because, you know, we've never seen a player like him before. So um, respectfully, I don't think you can really compare him to anybody. There might be future Roses like, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., if he can get it together. Um you know, Darren Fox, John Morant, but I don't think um, there was a D-Rose before Derek. Hmm. John Morant, do you see him more as a Derek Rose prototype or more like a uh, – do you see him more as a Damian Lillard prototype? Um, definitely Rose, you know, just because of the athleticism, the explosiveness, you know, Dame came into the game as a, a fearless shooter right off the bat. Um, so I would definitely compare him more to Rose. Um, you know, he's 
He's got that, you know, fearless, you know, reckless attitude that Derek played at the beginning of his career. And, um, you know, Memphis should be thrilled that Moran is, you know, the new face of the franchise in the post Mike Conley slash Mark Gasol era. I think John ja Jaron Jackson Jr. are going to do a lot of good things uh, for Memphis. What do you think about the future of the Bulls? Oh, man, where do we start? <laughs> um, they got a long way to go uh, to even be a playoff team. I think, um, you know, obviously they've had a, you know, productive offseason thus far with, you know, getting rid of Gar Foreman, uh, demoting John Paxson. I think, um, you know, Mark Eversley and Arturis, they're going to do a great job. Um but, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, you know, the roster needs a lot of work. Uh, you know, Zach Levine and Larry Markkinen and Kobe White, you know, they're really the three players um, who the Bulls should be building around for the future. Um, but everything comes down to the coach. You know, if Jim Boylan is the coach again, um, I don't believe uh, the team can make – um, improvements. I think the players are um, kind of sick of him. Uh, I mean, you heard Bulls rookie Daniel Gafford going on Twitch, basically saying, oh, I really don't like him. You know, I'm not going to bash him, but he got a lot to work on. Um, so I think the Bulls obviously need to fire Boylan, get a new coach. Um, I think Kenny Atkinson would be a good guy to get just because the Bulls don't have a superstar on the team, and he proved in Brooklyn, you know, he's good at player development. And that's what the Bulls need. They need a coach to come in, help them develop their game. Um, so I think that would be a good start. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a while till we see the Bulls back in the playoffs, even in the East. I mean, even though the East is pretty weak, um, you know, they still have a ways to go to even get to the level that, um, the Wizards were at this year, the Magic. I mean, the Nets are in the seventh spot right now, but they're going to be at the top of the East next year with Katie and Kyrie. So I heard something like that. <laughs> um, credentialed, credentialed. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, Bulls got a way to go. They haven't been good since the Jimmy trade. Uh, they haven't had a point guard since the Rose trade. I mean, they signed Sadoransky over Rose last year. Rose averages 18 with the Pistons. Sadoransky can't even average 10 points. So, you know, they got a lot of work to do, but, um, you know, you can only go up from here. I mean, Gar Foreman and John Paxson were so bad for so many years. You just hope that Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Reinsdorf just kind of stay out of the way and let our tourists and Mark Eversley do their thing. Yeah, um, I think you're right. And I think, um, when you look at Zach Levine, that's a horse of a whole different color as it relates to, um, I'm told, um, that Levine is going to do his job or let uh, the, the new GM and the new president do his job. Um, but he is definitely waiting and seeing he has two years left on his deal. Um, do you see anything going? Yeah, I mean, obviously we had the report from Ian Begley about, you know, the Nets and Knicks doing their homework on Levine. Um, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Zach is going to leave um, because he didn't even want the Bulls to match the Sacramento Kings' offer sheet for him a couple years ago when he was a restricted free agent. Um, 
So we'll see what happens. You know, it's all about making Zach happy. And to make Zach happy, the first thing I do is get rid of Boylan. <laughs> and so if, if Boylan is back, that's automatically going to increase the odds of Zach wanting out. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. He's a very dynamic scorer. Um, seems like a great guy off the court. You know, obviously his, his defense and leadership need to improve, but... Um, I think he's definitely a player the Bulls can definitely build around, but you just got to see um, the coach that they want to get. And um, I think that's the biggest uh, question mark the Bulls have moving forward outside of the roster. Yeah, I think you're right. We'll be ready on the line with my main man. Ashish Mather talking all things basketball, Derek Rose, Zach Levine, coaching moves, and more. For those who are listening, um, your journey to me is interesting, very fascinating. Um, headlines is a thing, uh, whether people call it clickbait, whether it's called it attention grabbers. How do you go about headlines when you're writing them at Clutch Points? Uh, yeah, like you said, man, you know, people read left to right, so you want to put all the, you know, important stuff at the beginning. Um, you kind of want to. You know, I'm not a huge fan of clickbait, but let's be honest, it's a big part of our business, um, unfortunately. So, you know, you kind of got to hide, you know, the main stuff in the title. But for me, I've always been of the belief of you don't have to do clickbait, you know, assuming that the story is important. You know, people are going to read a story if they like it, whether it's clickbait or not. So, you know, just writing about things that people would be interested in, um, you know, things behind the scenes, you know, what players do when they're not on the court, when they're with their families, what their hobbies are. I think at the end of the day, fans want to just have a behind the scenes look at, you know, players because they pretty much know everything about players on the court. We have so much access to that. So, you know, just kind of bringing a player's perspective off the court, I think, is always fun. Um and I'm hoping that, you know, that's where journalism will continue to go moving forward. What is something that you've learned about yourself or you've worked on during the pandemic? Oh, wow. Um, I think, um, you know, as you know, we had to totally change the way, you know, we were covering the NBA during the pandemic. You know, we went from writing news stories to writing, you know, opinion pieces and all that stuff. Um, cause there was no news to cover. Um, so something I've learned about myself, I, I think I've learned that, you know, I'm pretty versatile. Um, you know, I think when I first started writing, I was more of just, uh, you know, kind of an opinion guy. You know, I think the, the first article I ever wrote was actually a sample to even get onto fansided. It was about why the Bulls should trade for Rudy Gay. Um, and so I think over time, you know, I really improved from, you know, opinion pieces to, to, you know, news pieces to analysis. I think this whole pandemic has kind of taught me to, you know, just kind of learn the fundamentals of writing, you know, since I didn't go to journalism school, just kind of relearning or I'm sorry, learning uh, the fundamentals has kind of helped me um, become a better writer over time. Yeah. The, the, um, the AP news guide to actively study that and apply everything, I think is like a whole semester worth of tricks. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot of things that obviously I didn't, 
you know, um, learn because I didn't go to journalism school. But, um, you know, like I tell all the people, my master's program was all writing. You know, it was two years, and I only took maybe like three exams during the whole period. It was all writing. It was all case studies, papers. A master's thesis was 100 pages. So I think my writing skills were definitely developed uh, through my psychology program. So just like journalism students have an advantage over me, you know, I feel like I have an advantage over them just in terms of what I'm able to bring to the table from a different field um, and just combining things. So it's been fun, man. It's been fun to, you know, make my way up to the ranks. And um, just it's been fun to bring a different perspective uh, to the game. Ashish, what is the most underrated item on a Thai restaurant menu? Oh, man, underrated? Um, I mean, I, I got to go with my favorite chicken satay. I mean, every time I go, obviously, you know, you, when you and me have gone, you know, I bring up the satay and, 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 you know, now that you're used to it, but I remember when we first met, you didn't really, you weren't really messing with it. So, yeah. I got to go with satay, man. Every time I meet a new friend and I say, hey, let's go to Thai place. And they say, you know, what do you usually get for the appetizer? And I say satay and they kind of roll their eyes a little bit. I'm like, what are you rolling your eyes for? <laughs> this is fire. So I would definitely go chicken satay with the extra peanut sauce. Peanut sauce is a winner every single freaking time. And what's funny is I'm actually allergic uh, to peanuts, but... Um, as long as I take my medicine every morning, I can eat it. So I appreciate I appreciate the people behind uh, that medicine. Otherwise, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Tell me something. You have been credentialed throughout the years um, to cover um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I'm curious to know from your perspective, um, what impresses you about them from when you started covering them to where they are now? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, obviously, first and foremost, I mean, the development of Giannis, I mean, we've all seen it. You know, he came in as a as a skinny kid, just, you know, was just relying on his athleticism. Now he's like a Greek god. You know, his, his you know, transformation has been so fun to watch, you know, both in person and on TV. Um, it starts with him, you know, his his humbleness and hungriness to get better every day has really inspired his teammates to do the same because when you see your best player working hard you know you have no other choice but to um number two you know i think the hiring of mike budenholzer was a great move um you know even though Giannis and jason kidd had a great relationship i think Budenholzer, you know, he's got more respect in the locker room. Um, you know, he's um, a better offensive coach than Jason Kidd. Um, so I think those two things were the main things, you know, from covering them in 2017 uh, when Kidd got fired to now. Um, you know, they're just a more sound basketball team. Um, I think they've made some good moves around Giannis, you know, bringing in more shooters. Um you obviously have to mention Chris Middleton's development into an all-star now. So they're the best team in the East. 
they're a great team to not only watch, but they're a great team to cover. You know, whenever you're in the locker room, the players are always, you know, readily readily available for interviews. You know, it's not usually like that in a lot of locker rooms. A lot of guys are just trying to change their clothes and then get out. <laughs> you know, Milwaukee players are a little different. You know, they understand you know, we're there to do a job, and I think they understand that, hey, you know, the more I talk to the media, you know, the more exposure I'll get from a brand perspective. So um, it's been fun, man, to watch their ascension from, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-pack playoff team to now a legitimate title contender. Do you foresee them in the Eastern Conference as the representative of the NBA's Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals? Yeah, this year for sure. Um, I had them winning last year, but then, you know, Kawhi just turned into Superman after after game one and two, uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but now that Kawhi's in the West, I think, um, I wouldn't say they have an easier route because Miami's a good team, Boston's a good team, Philadelphia's a good team. Uh, I mean, Toronto, they lost Kawhi and Deanie Green, but yet they have the second best record in the East. So, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but if I was a betting man, I would definitely have the Bucks winning the East this year. Why is Philadelphia, now that they're healed, uh, and particularly with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Simmons moving to the four, not as a sexy pick in the Eastern Conference as the Milwaukee Bucks are? Yeah, I mean, I think just the whole, you know, the spacing issue between Simmons and Embiid and then the addition of Al Horford just made everything even worse. Um, it's going to be – I feel like the Sixers are such a jackal and high team. You know, one night they can look like the best team in the NBA, and then the next night they can look like a lottery team. So there's there's a lot of pressure on the Sixers to play well. I think most NBA observers, you know, expect – Elton Brand to trade Simmons or Embiid or fire Brett Brown if they don't meet expectations in the playoffs. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Nobody's asking Ben Simmons to, you know, become Steph Curry. You know, we just want him to just shoot it. You know, you don't have to make the three, but just shoot it if somebody's going to leave you open. Um, therefore, if you miss, you know, somebody can get the rebound. You know, just by you standing out there and not shooting it, it just makes, you know, opposing defenses, you know, almost salivate when they play the Sixers. You know, you're just saying, okay, well, I just have to step off this dude and he's not going to shoot it. So um, it's been encouraging to see him shoot in these couple scrimmage games. Um, I mean, he's elite at everything else but shooting. So if he can even develop a mid-range game, um, I think the Sixers could win it all. But um, to answer your question directly, I think the reason people are hesitant to pick them to win it is just for that. They don't know if, you know, Simmons and Beat are going to be able to coexist um, for a full playoff series. Do you subscribe to the theory that the Lakers are going to the finals and can win it all? I do. Um, I do. Um, I think they have the two best players um, in the NBA when it comes to half-court offense uh, in terms of LeBron and AD. Um, I think giving LeBron all that time off during the hiatus just kind of made it even more of a foregone conclusion that the Lakers are going to win it. Um, LeBron looks like he's in tremendous – I mean, he's always in tremendous shape, but he looks even more fresh. Um, 
So, I mean, I think it's going to be fun. I, I think the Lakers and Clippers will meet in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think that series will go seven games. But, you know, I, I just think LeBron's on a mission. You know, he heard everybody talking last year about him not making the playoffs, you know, him being washed up. So I think this is the year Bron gets number four and um, inches closer to his idol, uh, Michael Jordan. Would you get a, a $15 plate of Lou Williams' uh, lemon pepper barbecue wings if that could happen? <laughs> It was funny, man. I, I, I've been to Atlanta. I've never been to that gentleman's club, but I've heard the same thing. I've heard that they have tremendous food. So, you know, hey, man, it was a bad look. You know, let's just be honest. It was a bad look by Lou Will. He shouldn't have done it, but I take him at his word. I mean, if he went there just for the wings, um, I don't blame him, but it was uh, – it's just, it just doesn't look good, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic and, you know, um, you don't want, you know, they've, they've had zero coronavirus te- positive tests since the initial first two. So it was a bad look, Lou, but hey, man, if you want your wings, you know, sometimes you got to get it. <laughs> man's got to do what a man's got to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think it was smart by... Uh, the rapper Jack Harlow to take that picture. Um, you know, uh, a case could be made. Williams might have gotten away with it if he wasn't spotted on social media. But um, I think the main thing is, you know, we should, you know, obviously send our condolences to Lou Williams. He lost his grandfather. Um, so, you know, we should obviously, you know, address that first. But uh, it was it was definitely a mistake. But, you know, I'm sure he learned from it. And, um, you know, I'm sure that Gentleman's Club is getting a lot of publicity now, so they're probably happy about it. You heard it first. Here's the good news, sir. You are off the hot seat. Oh, God. You're off. That means we're done. Uh, you answered all the questions I have for you eloquently. And um, I appreciate you not just as a friend, but as a writer who is very insightful of what goes on in the league. I appreciate you, brother. Oh, man. You already know, bro. It's- Chicago, Brooklyn, love, man. All day, every day. Tell everybody where they can find everything that you got going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter at amather25. Um, that's A and then M-A-T-H-U-R, 25 on Twitter. Um, I don't post too much on there, but, you know, you can find my articles on Clutch Points by just searching my name in Clutch Points and... Um, yeah, man, I'm all about positive energy, and uh, me and Scoop have been brothers for a few years now, and it's been it's been fun to watch both of our um, careers kind of take off um, after what happened uh, with the Knicks. But we'll we'll, we'll keep that between us two. <laughs> yes, sir, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 